Hello and welcome to the DC Daily Drop. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. And I'm Travis. And we're going to get into it with another week recap of this week in DC TV, starting with the season finale of Legends of Tomorrow, the good, the bad, and the cuddly. Um, lot, lot going on in here, lots to wrap up, but it features a big malice versus malice or mollus, depending on who wants to mention it versus a gigantic Bebo. How did you like that fight, Travis? I see where the budget went now. <laughs> I, I actually enjoyed it. I was surprised uh, after a minute of being shocked and can't believe that they brought Bebo back around again. I actually kind of enjoyed it because this is what Legends is all about. So I thought that was good. And the way they started the episode with Rip sacrificing himself, or well, we're led to believe there's still a point zero zero something percent chance, as Gideon was saying before Rip cut her, cut her off. I thought this was pretty crazy, but in the end, I liked this episode and I enjoyed how they set up going forward to next season. Uh, I I think this was all my fears that I had about the season three finale basically happened where I, I thought they were going to try to shove too much stuff into one episode, even for Legends, which does a really good job of shoving a lot of stuff into episodes in a good, coherent way. I think they just tried maybe one or two too many things. Like you said, the rip sacrificing himself like that should have that should have probably happened at the end of last episode and been like built up to more or had an episode in between this i hate bebo i if we can go back and listen to the first time bebo was introduced i was really glad that the episode was over because i would never have to see him again and i've just seen him a bunch of times this season so i that was like the height of ridiculousness which is okay for legends but it was i think they turned up the legends o meter just a little bit too far for me in this one i i mostly enjoyed it <laughs> um I, I i agree with the part about rip uh rip's death was a little it didn't it didn't it just felt like okay it just kind of happened and for a guy who's been around for three seasons now it felt a little rushed and it didn't do enough you know story-wise it didn't do enough i think they could have made another way um but either way if you like that moment or not it was a little undercut by minutes later having a giant teddy bear whatever fight um but that's something legends do and a lot of us a lot of they get right more than they don't but it was cool to see everyone come together there was a lot of other things i really liked i did like seeing jacks again checking in on him the fact that they picked out a jacks from five years in the future he's happy he's married we get to check in and see where he's doing i like seeing that um i guess that would mean he's probably not going to return you know he's happily married with a kid we also you know, we get to see Jonah Hex, Helen of Troy, and there's a lot. I, I a lot went on in this episode, and I like that. I like that. I would prefer Legends to have too much story than too little, and I think, um, yeah, it was mostly really enjoyable. I agree with Zach a little bit too, in the sense that I think that it could have been stretched out a bit. This should have been a two-hour finale because you could have, like he said, made Rip's death mean a lot more. But there was a lot of good things, like Dark's redemption came full circle and sacrificing himself and letting his daughter go free thought that was good we've seen same thing with helen of troy last time we left her she couldn't take care of herself and now she's a badass warrior amazon amazon so that's awesome and i'm just curious with next season with constantine going forward i thought that was the perfect way to set up season four yeah i'm glad they're they're really going to be pushing constantine hopefully and we'll we'll get to see a lot of him in the next season because that was probably some of my favorite parts from this season so Hopefully next season they give him a little more time on the finale 
like you said, maybe make it a two part episode. So there's like you said, there's a lot of good stuff. There just needs more time, less Bebo, more time for other stuff. <laughs> yeah, I totally get it. I know Bebo is uh, people are split on Bebo and I don't even know how I feel about him. I think it's kind of funny and cute what they're trying for. I don't know that it works, but yeah, I'm curious how this sets up next season because it looks like Amaya is gone and finally back to her time, but it I seen that she's supposed to be back next year we'll see you know they can always pull her out of the time stream for a few episodes or you know explain away in the series opener or season opener that she's going to be back full time for whatever reason but it does look like you know the legends will be crowded next year either way unless we get get rid of some people between now and the first episode of next year we could we could very well too but amaya does fit with the legends pretty well i want to give a little shout out to nate for being able to walk away even though he had to talk to himself I think he needs some tips from Oliver because Oliver did it with Diggle and he never had to tell himself, don't look back. And I think their relationships per, are pretty close to the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Also, what did you think about Amaya? It seems like everything's going to be fine in Zambezi. And what do you think of that? Considering we always hear about how Sarah can't save Laurel because who knows what would happen. And then an entire village is saved and it's kind of just okay. I hope we come back to that next season if that's the actual case. But I think they made a special significance to mention that this event in Zimbabwe uh, is key. Like Zari couldn't find a way for the for to make it not happen. So this is key for so many events. So I think that this is either going to have a big deal affecting the timeline, or they're going to go have to go back and change it again. Yeah, it's it's really hard to try to predict whatever Legends is going to do because they there's just so many. That's kind of like the whole premise of the show is you can't really know what effects your actions are going to have and you just kind of have to deal with the fallout. So, yeah, I'm I think it, it definitely sets them up to do some interesting storyline. So I hope that we get to see more of her next season. Right. So Legends is done for now and Supergirl will be back next week for 10 straight weeks until the finale. So lots uh, lots of Supergirl to look forward to. But onto the Flash, which also returned this week with Null and Annoyed. A lot of a lot of emphasis on the differences between Ralph and Barry. What did you think of that dynamic, Travis? Uh, I thought it was okay. It sucks for us as audience because we've learned this lesson a couple times about Ralph, but most of those times Barry's been in prison, so I guess he didn't get. He had to learn the same thing that Ralph's got to be Ralph, and he can't take everything super serious. He needs to be himself. But I really enjoyed the Jay and Silent Bob guest appearance. I thought that was quite funny, and especially as Silent Bob still stayed silent even in this show, which was great. And the B-plot was Cisco having to tell Breacher that he's losing his powers, and that might set up an exit for Cisco in the show, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, this, Like you said, this, this wasn't the greatest episode, especially because it feels like they're replaying the Ralph storyline of he's not serious, he needs to take it serious to be a hero, and then he is a hero. Um the other stuff in the episode was better. I really hope Cisco's not leaving, but it sure seems like that's what they just set up uh, for him to do. Um, and then the the Clifford part of the storyline, the thinker, where we discover that he's been drugging Marlies and uh, you know basically forcing her to actually take care of him and everything. So I think that's interesting, and that's made, that's probably what they're hinting at is going to be what takes him down eventually. So. Uh, we still got some progress on that storyline, if not a lot. Yeah, Ralph was kind of unbearable at the start of the episode. And <laughs> I think Barry might have been okay with it 
with him joking around more if more of his jokes were a little bit funnier uh but i i mostly have like ralph this season some but it seems like it's always one step forward two steps back with him and and that's fine you know they've got to move him forward slowly over the course of the season but i'm glad there was some sort of resolve at the end but it seems like that's about the third time that we've said this part is resolved with ralph and and we'll see what he is but i think that his yeah his unpredictability could be a big part in taking down thinker because he can't plan for how do you plan for ralph because what's he going to do it's whatever the mood strikes him so that's pretty cool i did like the cisco and breacher stuff for the most part (laughs) um i do i I hope cisco doesn't go away he's he's one of my favorite characters but um i'm hoping he doesn't go away agreed i don't want to see him go away but he could have a project maybe he'll just be gone for the first half of the season who knows maybe smaller episodes smaller amount of episodes he'll be in i I, like i'm with you guys i don't want to see him leave without harry and gideon harry and gideon Oh man, I couldn't believe that. I thought that got to be Thon. Like Thon had to kidnap Harry, like because the way he talked about him, talked to Gideon at the end. Oh, it's been so many things, and she said it's been a thousand days. That would take us back to season one, and I don't think they dropped that in there right away on that. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure what they're trying to to set up here, but it's not something I was suspecting. I think that could be kind of a cool reveal if it was Thon. But it has been done before. I think it would be maybe more interesting if Harry is using his intelligence, the thinking cap and everything like that. And now he thinks he's got access to something that can show him the future. And Gideon, I'm glad Gideon was brought back in the flash version of Gideon was brought back in some way because it's kind of been dropped and and Barry hasn't worked on it much or anything. Um, But I think it's he's just getting too smart and he he wants more more knowledge, more knowledge of the future to to shut down thinker but i think it has the potential of of going a dark way but why did they play the menacing music in the background huh <laughs> why maybe they want to mislead you i don't know why would they do that to me <laughs> <laughs> but also to go with that yeah everything with marley's and clifford that was pretty interesting and I, I i like marley's a lot more now as a character we got uh to know what's what's going on before her she's really smart she figures it out leaves herself a message but then um i don't know why Clifford wouldn't just delete that message, but um, I'm curious to see how that's going to fit in as we get closer towards the end of the year. Yeah, that was crazy. I couldn't believe seeing that, especially when she's seen, went for the save and found the file. He must enjoy that part happening over and over again. I, it gotta be, but that was yep. freaky just to think about that. Yeah, he's a messed up guy. Well, on to Black Lightning, the second to last episode of the season, The Resurrection and the Light, The Book of Pain. Really long episode titles. Um, we get to see Khalil returning with some new hair and a new attitude, along with the return of Tobias Whale. What would you think about this one, Travis? I love that Tobias came back and was just as bad as ever. Uh, he was a star of the episode. I thought that Khalil must have spent some time with the Rock training because he was jacked <laughs> and i was i was wasn't sure at first because of the way they talked that it might be the same tech that's in felicity's spine but no it's not no no that's some crazy <laughs> stuff that's in him and lala is the biggest wild card for me and i'm so interested to see how tobias is going to overthrow the asa going forward but that fight scene at the end was awesome and you've seen jennifer use her powers maybe now she'll finally start to be open to helping people 
Yeah, I, I got to say everything you just said, I agree 100% with. This was a this was a really, really good episode. And this is how you you close out a season, get closer to the season. People from Legends take notes, maybe. Um, they, they've really set up uh, a pretty good situation. You know, now they're in hiding. They've they've gone to like this Gamby safe house and they're smashing their phones and everything. And so there's there's still a lot to be done in the next episode but it's it's all coming to a head and yeah i love seeing tobias come back i kind of forgot how scary he was and he is just he's pretty scary um but yeah and then you know jennifer the first time she really uses her powers is to literally save her dad's life i thought that was really cool too yeah all around fantastic episode i loved the way jennifer was wanting to get rid of her powers and then to I I just love the way everything fit together and recharging Jefferson um Black Lightning it, this is this 13 episodes it's just whether it's you know the the binge watching whether you watch 13 episodes in a row or watch it over time either way I think they're doing great storytelling even in a weekly format because they don't waste any characters Khalil could have been the cliched CW boyfriend who shows up for a couple episodes they have a falling out, and that's it. We don't see him again. But now he comes back, and so no characters are wasted on this show. Obviously, you know, there's a bunch of background characters, but if they spend a lot of time with a character, that's probably because it's going to pay off more down the line. And I just love the long-form storytelling that they're doing on this show, even 12 episodes in. So I uh, really enjoyed it. The The school scene was very tense and well done. I I just really loved the way everything was handled there, The the fights. New technologies thrown in there, and of course, uh, the Pierce family having to work together. I agree with what you both said, and also the fight scene, especially in the school with Anissa and uh, Tobias's right hand woman, was amazing. I thought it was wicked that Anissa was getting the best of her, but it showed how smart that other girl was. She identified that when Anissa holds her breath, that's when she got her powers. And she attacked her when when she let go of her breath. I thought that was just it's just perfect. Like just the little details that are awesome in this show. Twelve episodes, and each one has been just as good as the one before, if not better. Yeah, I was I was definitely worried or uh, you know a little tentative about if they were going to be able to keep up the quality throughout the season. And I think they have proven themselves already uh, in these twelve episodes that they are more than capable of that. Yeah, that henchwoman must have some sort of powers of some some sort of enhance to be able to to withstand thunder like that but yeah uh, either way oh, if i do have a nitpick about this this episode it was jefferson sort of overreacted when he learned about everything that was going on with lynn and trying to remove the metagene uh, i understand where he's coming from but i thought it was a bit of an overreaction there um but that's just a a minor nitpick on the show other than that i mean i'm looking forward to next week's finale Oh, same here. Can't wait. Yeah. On to Arrow, a very different episode of Arrow titled Fundamentals, where Ollie kind of lives in a trippy land because we figure out eventually he is he was dosed with some vertigo. What'd you think of this one, Travis? I really enjoyed this episode. And ever since Arrow's been back from its break, it's been great. And I think it has something to do with getting back to the way, getting back to basics, to be honest with you. I enjoyed the action scenes but i say that every week they're just shot beautifully and i thought that the oliver and 
well, blanking out his name now, Adrian Chase, sorry, Oliver and Adrian Chase scenes were really remnant of Arkham Knight, Batman, and Joker, if anyone played those video games. Uh, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, this was a really good episode of Arrow. And when it started, and I liked how it was done. So at the beginning, I was like, why is Ollie tripping out and you know yelling at everyone? And then it slowly revealed that you know the vertigo is what's doing it. And then that opens a lot of really cool storytelling opportunities. I don't, you know, I don't love the way all of the ways Oliver was separated from the team. You know, he's all on his own there. And even in this episode, why is he? turning down the help of felicity when you know she she can be safe in a bunker and still tell him some stuff but you know for whatever reason he wants to get by himself and so i'm 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 glad to see where that goes i was really really enjoying this episode i really enjoyed a lot of scenes in this episode too just chasing oliver even the start when oliver killed him and we weren't sure if he was actually real or not because he had the scar where he shot himself in the head which just nice touch and I thought the Quentin scenes with Quentin and Oliver were especially good, the heart-to-heart in the bunker. And Quentin is just amazing, and I don't like that he's having these good scenes because it's making me feel like he's not going to be around very much longer. But he's great. Now he's acting mayor, which is a pretty cool way to go. And I'm just hoping that Oliver comes out and just says that he's a green arrow. I don't think there's any way to get around it now. I think that's where we have to go. Right, a lot of cool stuff um, with Quentin. I, I don't, I don't know where they're going to go with Oliver being the Green Arrow because um, whatever. But he's he's got a good fight. This season has turned improved since Ricardo Diaz showed up, even though we don't know a lot about Ricardo Diaz uh, for whatever reason. That it's it's improved. Um, but I'm, what do you think is going to happen going forward with Oliver by himself for now? I think that eventually uh, the people will come back around, but I don't think he's going to run a team anymore. I think that's going to end up happening for John Diggle. And I think Oliver's just going to be out in the field and helping people and doing his own thing, which is what I want to see. And I also want to make note of, there was one really good line with Adrian Chase looked and said, talked about all the villains that Oliver's faced. And he said that you're the one enemy you can't defeat. You're like Oliver Queen. So I thought that was a great line, and it, it's been a staple of this show since season one of Oliver getting in his own way and Oliver being his own worst enemy. I just like that they're calling stuff like that back. As we said before, if you have six seasons worth of material and history, you got to touch back on that for the fans that have been watching since season one. That's a really good point, that line in the way. There was a lot of stuff like that that I like that was brought up, that Oliver, is he improved? In some ways he is taken step forward since the pilot in other ways he's taken step backs and so i'm glad we're looking at that and the show is addressing that is this oliver a better hero is he a better person is he uh the hero that star city needs you know i'm glad we're addressing that and it was good psychological uh, i agree at the head i agree and i gotta say the other scene that was great was oliver with laurel when she was in the hospital and saying that it was a mistake but also saying I know you, you would have done it yourself by yourself. So I thought I could help you. It's nice to get an insight because some of us were saying since when he first brought a remodel, you do that, you know what's going to happen. But he's they're addressing stuff that they didn't address when they should have. I just like that they're get Colin back to history. Yeah, this episode did address a lot of complaints that have happened. Why Laurel had some self-defense classes and a few sparring sessions with Wildcat. And then she was out as the black canary. And so I'm glad they addressed 
things like that. And that was, yeah, it, I mean, it's just part of what made it such a, such a good episode. Agree. I can't wait. What's going to happen going forward? On to Krypton, the word of Rao, where we get to see a lot of Rao. What'd you think of this one, Travis? I enjoyed it. There wasn't much advancement on the storyline besides the main point for me of getting what Nyssa and her father's master plan is, which is to use Seg and um, I'm trying to think, Lyda's mother to unite the people of Krypton and overthrow the house of Rao. So we got that big plot point. That's what they're shooting for. So it was nice to see. And also you got your, your Walter, except not on Arrow anymore. I guess that's what running a bank, that's the money that it can provide you, I guess. <laughs> I thought this was pretty cool. Yeah, this, uh, I think maybe I'm higher on this episode than you two maybe because there are so much science fiction elements to this. Like the opening sequence to this episode was fantastic. We get to see a lot of the world of Krypton and what makes it different from Earth and Rao literally making the sunrise with his tablet. I, I wish I had one of those. Um, and I, I really am interested in this whole religion, cult, weird, creepy brow stuff. And we got a lot of that in this episode. And then especially the end with the Brainiac Scout taking over. That's that's definitely going to be bad. Um, but yeah, I think this was probably my favorite episode of Krypton so far. There was a lot, a lot maybe not a lot of individual plot development, but there Krypton's juggling a few different storylines right now and they all moved forward a little bit in this episode and and that's kind of I, I enjoyed that and I I don't think there's any weak spots among the stories right now. There's not one I'm uninterested in. Maybe they you could argue some of this the stuff with Lyda is less interesting, but there's so much good stuff. Those the acting is so good that I'm so interested in those characters and so invested in Lyda. And Nyssa is a really complex character and um, I just like the way the way things are moving forward in this show, and I'm liking more of the characters, and I'm getting more invested in the storyline. And yeah, Rao is, uh, you know, recruiting children. It looks very creepy. I I don't know how that's gonna work out for everyone, but uh, a lot a lot of a lot of incremental things moving forward on this show. Oh, I agree. I thought that this was a good episode, but I do have a reservation now. Because I was a fan of what Zach was talking about with the creepy religious cult vibe that was going on with that House of Rao. And I'm not sure now with the Brainiac Sentry taking over the main guy, if we'll get more exploration of that storyline. Or he'll just like go off the deep end, kind of like how Ona's mother did. So I'm, just, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that. I would have liked to see more about the cult, the religious aspects of it. I'm afraid we're not going to get to see that anymore now after that century took over the main person. I think we'll still get to see it. I think like you said, I think it won't be quite as dramatic. I think it'll be more subdued and people won't really know, especially because he's wearing that mask. And so you're not going to get to see that. And then maybe it'll make him because he's in a position of power It'll seem like these commands are coming from Rao and they're they're going to like follow them even though they seem bad and that's that's how Brainiac is going to set up Krypton really, Kandor, set it up to to be ready for him to come. So I think maybe we'll actually get to see more of it now. That's a definite possibility, but yeah, a lot of good things going on that I'm interested in, obviously, and we're next week will be the halfway point of the season, so a lot to look forward to. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm just hoping that Zach's right here. 
and Brainiac's going to be coming, and we only got five more episodes to see what's going to happen. And I'm curious if this is the event where Brainiac took Candor or not. I don't think it is in the comics, but they may change, skew the storyline a little bit. So I'm curious to see if they're going to be able to foil Brainiac or if he'll win and we'll have to start anew. Yeah, especially since we don't know where this... We still don't know the background of Brainiac, where he comes from or when he comes from, more more specifically. So lots to learn. But yeah, busy week in DC TV. Also had new episodes of iZombie. Supergirl returns next week, and Gotham was a big one. If you are a Jerome and or Joker fan, that's all, all I'll say about that. But Travis, where can everybody get a hold of you? You can find me on Twitter at Travis underscore 156. Just drop me a line and we can chat DC anytime. All right. Well, that is all we have for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow.